Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Phil, we missed you. <laughs> hey, it's good it's good to be back. You missed my sweatshirt, too. I had the best sweatshirt of the whole Christmas season. It said, World's Tallest Elf on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I try, to hold awesome, your, try to hold awesome. your excitement back here. I, I, think, I think actually the truest statement would be, our listeners missed you. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. I you know, um, you. I, uh, I, want, I once had a Christmas sweatshirt. Um, I, I don't have it anymore. Uh, but it was a picture of baby Santa in a manger. And, <laughs> and then... Then the caption was, "What's wrong with this picture?" Now, it, it, how did you know it was Baby Santa? Did it have like a white well, beard? He had, he had a white beard and a red hat, and we <laughs> uh, were wearing a little red suit. And, I might take back my comment about the the listeners missing you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was uh, it, it was a rather pungent uh, illustration of. Uh, the Santa can be a usurper. That's right. That's of, of Christmas. Well, unfortunately, Pastor Jonathan is not with us today, so we're gonna have to limp along. Now, um, you actually did start this series with us uh, on the Christmas carols. Yes, we did. So we've managed to drag this out as long as possible, <laughs> so that we can. Rope we were going to hold you off until <laughs> Phil got here, and it, thankfully, he got here before Christmas, because otherwise, we were going to talk about Christmas carols in May. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, today we're talking about uh, Once in Royal David City. Yes. Which a whole lot of people are probably not familiar with. I wasn't. I've never even sang this song before. Oh, you want me to sing it? <laughs> that would be excellent. Would you? It, no. <laughs> <laughs> I declined. Okay. So, um, well, why don't you read it? <coughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> well, Once in Royal David City. Uh, once in Royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. And his shelter was a stable and his cradle was a stall with the poor, the mean, the lowly lived on earth our Savior holy. And our eyes at last shall see him through his own redeeming love for that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. Not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him but in heaven set at God's right hand on high, when like stars his children crowned all in white shall wait 
around. Excellent. So um, maybe real quick before we kind of unpack uh, the theology here, why is this a helpful um, exercise to look at songs just in general and um, explain and exposit what's going on? Well, if I can say a word about that, uh, really uh, good hymns teach good theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, particularly, uh, um, well, we've, we've been focusing on hymns that have been around a while. And now there are some great new hymns uh, being written. Uh, the, the, the Gettys, uh, Keith and Kristen Getty are writing tremendous uh, contemporary hymns. But um, a, a good hymn teaches good theology. And I, I think uh, th- this one is a good example. Maybe, maybe just one thing to add. Um, a good hymn also causes the words of Christ to dwell in us richly, as Paul says, that we should uh, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and other spiritual songs. So it's a way of, of getting that theology not just in our heads but into our hearts. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a book by Joe Thorne called Note to Self, and it's 50 short little chapters about preaching the gospel to yourself. And one of the chapters in that book is is entitled Sing. And what Joe Thorne is advocating is that one of the ways in which we preach the, the gospel to ourselves is to sing. Uh-huh. And um, that he basically is saying you need to sing more. Um, sing to yourself, sing in church, sing you know throughout your day. Sing in the shower. Yep. And so in, in essence, that's another way to just have the gospel permeate your, your head and, and be in your heart. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. So to this uh, particular song, again, we're looking at the song, Once in Royal David's City. I can barely even say that right without messing up. Um, the first stanzas deal with Jesus's humiliation, and it builds from there. There's a mm-hmm. lot of hymns do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what does Jesus's humiliation mean? How does the carol talk about it, and why is this important? Well, first, first of all, um, if I can divert from a little bit from your question, which <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I did not say it. I didn't say it. Not my problem. Well, it matters. It matters that um, it begins once in Royal David's city, uh, which is uh, Bethlehem, uh, David's hometown. And uh, to call him Royal David is a reminder Mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus shall inherit the throne of his ancestor David. Yeah. Uh, So this is a king being born and yet a king born in incredibly humble circumstances that's what you're talking about uh, Josh the, the humiliation of, of Jesus uh, not not uh, a, not a shameful humiliation but um, he, he comes to us humble mm-hmm. and lo- and lowly uh, once in Royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Uh, that's um, a, a poetic, uh, memorable way of reminding us that Jesus comes to us having laid aside glory. Uh, as second chapter of Philippians says, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped mm-hmm. or something to cling to, but he let it go. Uh, to come to us humble and lowly. 
So Philippians 2 has sometimes been referred to as a parabola. Um, and so Jesus starts as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Um, he lets that go, as Phil, Phil just mentioned, and becomes a man, um, takes on flesh, is born a, a, as a baby, um, and lives a life of, of obedience as a human being, um, enduring all the limitations and hardships and um, that being a human involves. And that's the, the coming <clears throat> down part of the parabola. And then going back up is, is the, his exaltation. And so he, once in Royal David City is just trying to get the, the listener, the, the, the person that's either singing or hearing the, the, the hymn, to, to understand what it meant um, for our redemption um, that Jesus, that God the Father sent His Son to be born into a into a mean and lowly and poor world, um, as mm-hmm. the carol says. Mm-hmm. Now the song then builds um, after that humiliation as the the base to the the last two stanzas, which deal with uh, Jesus's exaltation. So it says, "And our eyes at last shall see Him." through his own redeeming love, for that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. And he leads his children on to the place where he is gone, not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by. We shall see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high, when like stars his children crowned, all in white shall wait around. Um, Real quick, a word on the way that this hymn and other hymns build. You, You... in one sense, you get a, a, a full story in many of them of creation, fall, redemption, glory. Here, not so much. Here, just the, the humiliation of Christ and the exaltation of Christ. Mm-hmm. But it is the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't end with Jesus being in a, in a cradle. It, it, it proceeds through the cross to him being king of heaven, to his second coming and bringing us to himself. Mm-hmm. Why is this um, exalt? Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I keep on seeing your. Okay, why is this exaltation um, emphasis important? Um, why does the carol, you know, focus here um, near the end on it? It's interesting that sometimes we just aren't very good generally as people at, at good storytelling. Um, we get fixated on the, on just parts of the story and forget that there's more. And so. At Christmas time, it's easy to to get stuck on the fact that Jesus was born in in a manger in Bethlehem, and then we we stop, um, and then maybe we think to move on in his life or even talk about his death, but at the end of the day, that's not even the end of the story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the whole point of Jesus coming was to redeem a people for Himself, so that as a, this this carol ends, so that we might have an eternity of eternal satisfaction in our great triune God. Yeah. That the yeah. whole point is he came to redeem a people mm-hmm. for himself, for an eternity of of joy and peace and pleasure and, and all of these wonderful things that are found in the God that redeems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Jesus came down so that we might be lifted up, mm-hmm. uh, so that we might uh, be be lifted uh, to his glory, and so that we might reflect his glory um, and as a, as a redeemed people. And uh, the, this, the last stanza uh, really emphasizes that 
uh, not in a poor, lowly stable. Uh, we shall see him but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high. And when, like stars, his children crowned, like stars, his children crowned, uh, we're going to be exalted uh, to royalty, uh, to w- what God intended for us. And uh, that's that's a, a, a glorious hope. And that's that's what Christmas is all about. And I, and I really appreciate you. Uh, it's it's very easy. Uh, I appreciate Russ what you said. Uh, we have a tendency uh, to leave baby Jesus in the manger. You know, uh, most most families have a little uh, manger set, a little uh, crash. Uh, m- my my wife and I have one that I got um, bought in uh, Bethlehem, in the Holy Land. Uh, many years ago, carved out of olive wood. And uh, we bust that out every year, get it out of the box and set up the little manger scene with little baby Jesus in the manger. And then uh, when Christmas is over, he goes back in the box and goes back in the closet. Right. And uh, that that is uh, a metaphor, I think, <laughs> for the way that many people want to treat Jesus. Mm-hmm. They bust him out once a year uh, to, to set up the manger scene, uh, but he is so much more. He, he's the exalted Lord. Yeah. And it, it's just interesting that his life on earth began with the, the heavens um, opening up and declaring uh, the glory of the birth of Jesus Christ. And, and that's really where the storyline ends, that it's an eternity of those surrounding the throne um, declaring that he is worthy Um, because of his great work of redemption as we read in Revelation 5. That's right. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. If you have missed any of this series on these Christmas carols, just go subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 